we have two readings today. Good morning. And I encourage you to read it from the Red Bibles that are in front of you, and it will be clear why. So let's read the first one in uh, Romans. Uh, ignore what it says there. It's the first one, the Romans one. Page 1135. Can someone read it out loud and clear, please? It's just a couple of verses. Who gets there first? Romans 8. Thank you. And the next one is Matthew chapter 4. That's a lengthy passage. Uh, could someone read that, please, in page 167? And once we've read it, just keep it open there. Come on. Thank you. And today is the first Sunday of Lent. And Lent is a period highlighted in the Church of England calendar. And it is a, a period that we focus on going into a deeper level of contemplation of Jesus' sacrifice. Uh, Lent is roughly six weeks starting on Ash Wednesday. So last Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. So it's six weeks going up to the Holy Week. And it commemorates the 40 days of fasting uh, that Jesus uh, went through before he started his ministry. Now, none of the Gospels actually say that Jesus went into the wilderness to pray. 
the passage says that, that Jesus went to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And during that time, he also fasted. But we know that from other, other places in the scriptures, whenever the, the act of fasting is mentioned, prayer is also part of it. People did not fast and did not pray. So when Jesus was fasting in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, we can safely assume that he was also praying. Okay? So, so this is why we are launching our series on prayer uh, today, this Sunday. And we are going into five parts uh, of different aspects of prayer. And also, we, are, we will be discussing some responses to prayer in the coming weeks. So looking at the prayer topics that we are to cover in the five weeks, I think today we are jumping at the deep end. So bear with me. And the topic is prayer in the spirit. Now I ask you to keep your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 4. It's for one reason. See, that passage starts saying, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. When there is a word like then, it's called a conjunction, I believe. Those English scholars. When there is a conjunction, it's always good to see what was before because it gives you context into what you're about to read. Then Jesus went into the wilderness. So what happened just before that? You can see just above that, the verse 17 of chapter 3, it says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. This is, of course, the story of Jesus' baptism. So when he came out of the water, the Holy Spirit came, and a voice was heard saying, This is my son. No ifs, no buts, this is it. A confirmation, a concrete statement that God is proclaiming over who this person is, has been just baptized by John. Now, when Jesus went into the wilderness, we know that he was tempted. He had three temptations in this passage, but we know that he was tempted uh, in other ways as well at other times, which are not recorded. But anyway, out of the three, two of them challenges that statement from God. God says, you are my son, and two of the temptations out of three said, if you are the son. There was doubt brought in to the statement that God made over Jesus. And of course, Jesus did not fall into those temptations. He knew who he was. He trusted God. Now, there is a life lesson for us in this before we move on into power, uh, praying in the spirit. The lesson is that we too can sometimes hear from God very concrete things about us, our ministry, the decisions we have to take, or things that we need to change about our lives. We can hear very clearly from God, but very soon the enemy can come and create doubt about that very thing. So we have to be careful. If even today, this morning, you might hear things from God directly into your spirit that you need to take action on, something that is true, something that is valuable, and the enemy can come and create doubt just like he did with Jesus by doubting his relationship with the Father. So bear that in mind, the back of your mind as we progress. So, when we were married about 25 years ago, 
We were both students, and I was doing a part-time job. I was uh, delivering packages on a motorcycle, and they were called motorcycle couriers in those days. Uh, you don't see many of them today, but there were loads of them those days, and I was one of them, whizzing around. And one day, so I was newly married, uh, one day when I came home, I took my gloves off, I found that my ring was missing, my wedding ring was missing. And I certainly put it on that day, and every, every morning I put it on, very proudly, very newly married, maybe a few weeks, maybe, uh, maybe days, I don't know, I can't remember. Uh, and the ring wasn't there, and, you know, panicked, usually, first thing you do, isn't it? Uh, then prayed, <laughs> the two Ps. Uh, and then I, we prayed. I got back on the motorbike. I went round before the darkness fell. I went to all the places that I could think of where I may have taken my gloves off because uh, it was very easy to, for the ring to come off. The ring was uh, a lot looser than it is now around my finger, you know, 25 years ago. Um, so nothing came back home. We may have prayed a bit more. There were other Christians in the house we were sharing with, so I'm sure we all prayed, uh, and that was that. And then the following morning, <clears throat> I got up. Our bed was against the wall. I was uh, tidying my bed, making the, the quilt, and so on. And I heard, when I was uh, shaking the quilt, I heard a faint noise of metal hitting a hard surface. Where did that come from? Um, Upon further investigation, anyway, I found the ring inside the quilt on the other end of the quilt. How that ring got there, I don't know. But there it was, this same ring. Um, so praise God, maybe our prayers were answered. Uh, but I know for sure that I looked after it much more after that. Because I didn't want to be in the same situation. What is prayer in the spirit? See, we are living souls. We have our bodies that you can see, and we have our souls. The next slide, please. This is our thinking, our mind, our intellect. And then there is a spirit, the very breath of God. This is the... This is what makes us human unique, humans unique. We have the breath of God. And Jesus said that this spirit, this breath of God, this spirit has to be made alive. When Nicodemus came and saw him in John chapter 3, Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born of the spirit of God. And then if you read through in John chapter 4, Jesus meets the woman at the well. And to her he says, the father is seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth. So that's the spirit. So this is the spirit that is made alive when we come into a personal relationship with God. The spirit of man is the breath of God. So while our bodies uh, are important, our intellects are important, the spirit is also a part of our our being, and when we engage with God, of course our bodies engage. We have different postures when we worship God. We lift up our hands, we bend our knees, 
uh, in prayer. Our minds get in, in, engaged with the word of God. So all three parts of our being is engaged in our act of worship. But it is the spirit that connects with God's spirit. Now when we read about the spirit in the Bible, we see two words uh, in English. You have the spirit with the little s and the spirit with the big s. Spirit with the big S is to do with God's spirit. Little s is to do with our spirit. There are scriptures that talk about praying in the spirit. And Romans 8, what we read this morning, is one. And there is 1 Corinthians 14 and that says that we pray. We have to pray in the spirit and also sing in the spirit. It talks about Ephesians 6.18 says that we are to pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer. And what the Spirit of God does is in Romans 8, Romans 8 is that when we pray and come before God, when we don't know how to say things, God assures us that He's with us and if our spirit is born again and if that spirit is alive and when we come before Him, His spirit comes alongside and He helps us, He enables us to verbalize not maybe with our minds to understand, but verbalizes things for God the Father to understand what's going on in our hearts. It's not that God doesn't see it, but this is how these dynamics work out. We, we pray, we come before God, no words to express our desperation, and the Spirit of God comes alongside us and verbalizes it, communicates that to the Father so that uh, our prayers are offered before him. So that's the first kind of praying in the spirit. There is another kind of praying in the spirit. And uh, next slide, please. There was an article uh, by um, many media companies uh, of, of uh, interview that the Archbishop had uh, in 2019, in January, so about a year ago. And it's, uh, he says, I quote, in my own prayer life, and as part of my daily discipline, I pray in tongues every day, not as an occasional thing, but as part of daily prayer. So in, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, I will pray in my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will pray, sing with my spirit, I will also sing with my understanding. Now this praying in the spirit, this singing in the spirit is to do with our human spirit that is made alive by God. So God has given every Christian, including the Archbishop, the special ability to speak in tongues, to engage with God in a prayer language that our minds cannot understand, or it even bypasses our mind. And this way we communicate with God spirit to spirit, spirit to spirit. You know, sometimes when you, uh, you are in IT, you have different port protocols, don't you? Uh, one system talks to another, and, and there has to be a protocol. That they need to be compatible. You, you can't have two systems talk, uh, talking to each other using two protocols. S communicating the spirit is the protocol between our spirit and God's spirit. And this is given to all of us, all of us. There are no hierarchies, all of us. So when we lost the ring, I, I'm sure we must have prayed earnestly in that prayer of desperation. 
not knowing what to do, where this ring may have fallen, how to do, what to do next. But we may have also prayed in, in, in another language, in our, our prayer tongue. We also did what we could do to go and look for it. So the encouragement from me to you today is, is, is twofold. First one is to reassure you that when you cry out to God in desperation, when you go through sorrow or problems that shake the very foundations of your existence, God is there right by you, by His Spirit, praying through you. Praying through you. So don't hesitate, no matter what the problem is. Come to God. Even if you don't know how to pray, you are just desperate. That's all you know. You're just desperate. I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to turn to. Come to God in prayer. You may have run out of all your ideas, what to do next and so on. Come to God in prayer. You may not have the words. The Spirit of God will use you as you stand before God in prayer. The Spirit of God will put the words and give you the, the expressions, maybe the noises, maybe the sounds, whatever, through which God will offer, the Spirit of God will offer your cry to the Father. That's the first encouragement. The second is to pray in tongues, following Paul's instruction in, in 1 Corinthians 14. If this is not something you do yet, do seek the ability to pray in the Spirit, to pray in different languages, in, in a, in a prayer, prayer language, and make use of this wonderful, wonderful gift that God has given us. The Archbishop, as we saw, seems to be practicing this in his daily prayer life. So if this is something new to you, but you like to have this ability, open your hearts now to God. We are going to come into a time of prayer. So can I ask the band to come up, please, and prepare us for that time of prayer. So open your hearts now to receive that ability. And ask questions beyond this service. Ask questions. Investigate more about this. Because this is a wonderful gift to have. It bypasses our minds, our intellect, and sometimes our obstacles that those things can create in terms of faith. And it can converse directly to God. It can bypass the enemy, what the enemy is doing, what the enemy is looking at. And it can confuse the enemy. And we can go directly to God. Those who are familiar with the, with the Alpha course, you know that there is a special day dedicated for seeking this ability, this gift, this prayer language in the Alpha, as part of the Alpha course. And we call it the Holy Spirit Day. So we are going to pray in a moment and we are going to invite the Holy Spirit not only to fill us inwardly but also to come upon us externally come upon us externally as well as, as it happened on the day of Pentecost. See, when we receive Christ, He comes into us. The Spirit of God comes into us. He's within us. But there is more to be had. There is an external anointing that we can have too. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, comes upon us. So let's pray and um, 
Ask God to come upon us and reveal to us more about praying in the Spirit. Heavenly Father, we come before you to seek your face. To seek this ability, this, this gift of prayer. To come to you in prayers of desperation. When we feel desperate, when we cannot turn to the left or to the right, we don't know where to turn. We know, Lord, that you are there by us. The Holy Spirit praying through us to the Father. Lord, we also want to receive this special ability of, of praying in a prayer language of our own, connecting directly with you, bypassing all the, all the other things, but coming directly to you and praying and interceding in this way so that we see the mighty hand of God move as a result of our prayers, not just for ourselves, but for those around us, for the world, for the nations, for communities, for situations. Lord, this wonderful and powerful tool that you've given us, the prayer, the tool of prayer, the weapon that God has given us, not the weapons of this world, but mighty weapons through which we can pull down the strongholds of the enemy and see the love of God released. Lord, we invite your presence, we invite your Holy Spirit into our hearts. Take us from this place, Lord, with a, a sense of urgency to find out what this prayer in the Spirit is in a, in a more deeper way in this coming Lent period where we focus on Jesus fasting and praying in the wilderness, being tempted of the enemy, challenged of the very things that God's confirmed to him. Lord, as we contemplate on these things in these coming weeks, Lord, be with us and help us through your Holy Spirit. Amen.